How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Gauntlet of Gaming, where these hands are ready to be for everyone. My name is Malik. I'm Francis. I'm Santiago. And today we are going to be talking about our favorite video game characters of all time. <laughs> so, this is coming off of the heel of, honestly, Final Fantasy VII Remake coming out and just having a great assortment of characters like most Final Fantasy games do. And I figured it'd be a great opportunity to cover, you know, how everyone feels about their favorite characters, why they're their favorite, who do they choose and where do they come from and things like that. Because at the end of the day, whether you believe it or not, characters have a very influential aspect into our lives. They have a big influence on us. Uh, my life was changed by fictional characters. It's why I grew up to be a character designer. And so I feel like it's appropriate that we kind of give that respect to these characters. We did something kind of similar when we talked about like, you know, our, our video game crushes, you know, it's giving this respect to characters who have, you know, an effect on us, an influence on us. They play a role in our lives. And so we're just going to do that, but we're going to talk about the best of the best on a personal level. But before we get to that, don't forget that this Spotify, or, oh my gosh, this Spotify, that this podcast can now be listened to on Spotify. So if you're listening to us on Spotify, thank you. Uh, you are the reason why we do what we do. If you're listening mm -hmm. to us on YouTube, thank you, because you are the first reason why we do what we do. Uh, YouTube is also where we post our gameplay videos every week. We have about two or three videos that happen every week, but with FF7 Remake coming out, you'll notice that we have kind of an overflow of content that's coming out because I want to make sure you guys have an opportunity to just see my experience with the game. I just finished it last night on stream, and as for when I'll be able to get the ending up, I have no idea. But my review for the game should be up sometime soon, as well as my kind of feedback on my experience with Guilty Gear Strive. I had a chance of playing that for the past couple of days. And all I can say is, it's okay. It's it's all right. Uh, there are some characters that I would like to play as that might make or break the game for me. And then we'll, we'll know how I stand on that firmly. Uh, as well as our YouTube channel, we also are on Facebook. We are The Gauntlet of Gaming. You can also find us on Instagram at The Gauntlet of Gaming, of course. But the one place you can't find us as at The Gauntlet find us at as the gauntlet of gaming cheese try saying that three times fast uh is twitter we are the gauntlet but with a four instead of an a and it's just because to this day still someone decided that they wanted to steal the gauntlet of gaming i don't know i don't know why uh it'd be like that sometimes oh that's weird i was expecting one of you guys to also say it'd be like that sometimes be like that all the time there you go all right Taunty it doesn't gets it. have to be like that all the time <laughs> right um but you know what it does have to be like it has to be like the merch that we have because we now have our gg shirts and sweatshirts so uh... you can find them in our <laughs> you can find them uh over at teespring uh we are the gauntlet of gaming on teespring uh if you're watching on youtube there's actually a link down below in the description where you can find uh our teespring stuff so if you want to represent the Gauntlet of Gaming, after all, you are a part of the Gauntlet of Gaming. The community is, of course, the thumb, while the rest of us are the fingers. Uh, so if you want to represent, be a part of the Gauntlet of Gaming yourself, go ahead, buy some merch. It's zero profit, so we don't make any money from it. It's 100% for your entertainment, your enjoyment, so that way you can be a part of the community with us. Uh, but yeah, without all being said, I think it's time that we talk about some characters. Y'all ready? Let's do this. All right. But before we talk about our favorite characters of all time, the question of the day is, to you, the audience, who is your favorite video game character of all time? And if you can't list one, go ahead and come up with a few. You know, we don't always come up with just one. We have our top three and our honorable mention. So, you know, you can list a few characters, but who is your favorite video game character of all time? Now... The way that we normally do these for anyone who this is their first time experiencing our podcast is we go around in a round robin. Each person will talk about one character that they will like, and then that'll be from three to two to our honorable mention to our number one pick. And today, the person starting off our podcast is going to be Francis. Francis, who is your number three best favorite character of all time? Well, my third is... Clementine from Telltale's Walking Dead. Oh, that's a good choice. So, following her story from being a child 
to becoming a survivor. And even, sorry for another spoiler, but taking care of a baby that's not even hers, she's a commendable character. It's Obviously been out for long enough that people what? can get mad about spoilers. <laughs> uh, well, still, I say it just in case. But being the person that, uh, well, yeah, being the person that chooses the decisions in a decision-based game, it's kind of hard to really pinpoint what about her is great because, you know, people choose different decisions. But the one thing for sure is that you see her maturity and capabilities grow. She's gone from the sort of helpless child to someone that's able to defend herself and a toddler. I'm not saying she's the perfect survivor. Obviously, she had to join a wild group in order to make it. But she knew, you know, they were crazy and had the sense to leave. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Clementine, yeah, no, definitely definitely a great character. One who brings a lot of emotional reactions to the situations that she's been a part of. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Awesome yeah, choice. I, was actually, I actually struggled to pick a third. But, eh. oh, but well. then there was Clementine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Santi, who is your third favorite character of all time? So my number three pick is Dominic Santiago from the Gears of War franchise. Really? At number three? Oh. Yeah. Dang. Stop. So as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I grew up playing like Halo and Gears of War with my dad. And then when you're playing the, like, the original Gears of War trilogy, player two is, has always traditionally been Dominic Santiago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was always my, my character. You know, we share a name, even though it's his last name. And Santiago is my first name. Like that sometimes <laughs> but uh like i got really attached to him because like i was like oh this is my guy this is who i always play and just i really enjoyed seeing the, the dynamic and like brother relationship he has with marcus phoenix mm-hmm. in that game and just how how desperate he is to find his wife and then to see when you finally find his wife and i think number two mm-hmm. she's she's dead yeah like yeah. We we always kind of knew it, but he he always refused to give up hope. And then once he finally sees her dead body, you just see him, you he be, you see a broken man. Yeah. And then from him for him to basically pick himself up out of that with the help of you know Marcus and his other squad mates, and then in three he sacrifices himself for yeah. his for his brothers. And like him him dying in three was like like. Every, was a very crushing moment for me. Mm-hmm. Like that was a big moment, and like I think it was a good way to send off his character. Yeah, the way they did it. I agree. Um, it's actually crazy because the fact that, and I was curious if you were going to bring up his his sacrifice in three, uh, because, and maybe we can do a podcast about this too, where we talk about like our most emotional moments in gaming. Um, but, but back in the day when Watch Mojo wasn't trashy and everyone watched it, uh, I remember they used to let like the audience kind of nominate characters for lists and stuff like that. And I put I put down Dominic because I was just like Dom and another character from Mass Effect who passed away, who I'm not going to say here. Um, those were the characters who like I, those were the first times I experienced crying because of a video game. And I was just like, you have to be a very important character to me. To be able to cause me to have such a reaction like that. Uh, and I think that's why I was surprised that you put him at three. I'm like, you know, Dom, man. The, there's memories for that. Like, that's family right there. When, when you find out my, my top two, you'll see why. Okay. That makes me, uh, gosh, now I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. I want to know the knowledge. I want more. Tell me more. Lisa, may I have another? <laughs> um... So, yeah, I mean, the thing for me is uh, if you know me, if you grew up with me, you'll probably know, like, that my characters are super obvious. There's no way that I could make this, like, a secret list where there's any surprise. Um, so, just straight up, my, my number three, my number three favorite character of all time is Commander Shepard. Uh, specifically, Male Shepard. And, I mean, we've talked at nauseum about how much Mass Effect as a series has had an effect on my life, how much it's influenced it in a positive way, and it's helped me meet a lot of amazing people. Uh, But playing as Commander Shepard was one of the first times 
that I felt like I was important in a video game. Like I was the hero, whether it's Renegade or Paragon, it didn't matter. I was that, I was that commander. I was that leader. You know, the people weren't following a character. They were following me. And I think that it, it just did a lot for me. You know, it built my confidence to know that, you know, I had the power, especially in Mass Effect 2, where you had a lot of ramifications for making poor choices. And even things that happened to me in Mass Effect 3, it was just like, you know, I have the power to make great things happen. And it, it just made it a great character, which is weird because oftentimes games let you, you know, make a character for yourself, but you're quiet. You know, your character doesn't say anything. And for some people, they like that because it allows them to immerse themselves better. But being able to hear my shepherd talk, even though it's the same voice as any other male shepherd, you know, I I heard him differently than other people whenever I did things. And it just, it felt crazy. Uh my favorite store in the citadel right <laughs> like it, it's the lines are iconic and for each person when they hear commander shepherd's lines they don't think of a generic male shepherd they think of their male shepherd uh and he just he just stands out to me he's a, a really great character he's a really great leader um the the tease that happens at the end of mass effect 3 kind of made me split because at the same time, I was like, you know, I want more Commander Shepard because of the, how like how good they write this character to sound. But at the same time, it's like, no, I think this is a good rest for my character. You know, I want him. I want him to be able to take a break because at the end of the day, like once you've played through all three Mass Effects, you're like, I don't know about you, Commander Shepard, but I'm tired. Like, I think it's time I rest. And it just you just care about the character because you're caring about yourself. Um, so he's, he's my number three. I wish I could put him higher, but there are some characters who are just, whew, they up there. They are up there. So that's me. Number three. Uh, now moving on to our number two, Francis, who would you say is your second favorite character of all time? Uh, this is, I don't know if this is a wild choice, but I picked Chloe from Life is Strange. Okay. I wouldn't say that's a wild choice. I mean, mainly because, so, early in the game, she was, yeah, she was like that radical teenager, you mm -hmm. know, dressed in a different fashion and didn't follow rules and stuff and was being difficult towards people. Mm -hmm. But towards the end of that game, it's that, it's that she's a good example of why we shouldn't judge a person off of appearances or even the way they behave. Mm-hmm. Because I think we all know by now, sometimes a person behaves a certain way because of something that's uh, personal to them, I guess. Yeah. And in a way, I kind of relate to that at, to a certain point. So knowing that, it's like going towards the end of that game, is she sort of ironically ends up being the most relatable character in that game. Nice. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't say that's a wild card choice for you. You've been talking about Life is Strange for, for a few oh, days yeah. now. Yeah, you, you've been reminiscing <laughs> about that game for a good minute. So I wouldn't say I'm surprised it by hurts. that at all. You said it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. But no, yeah, I... Again, it goes back to those characters who just leave... They leave that mark, you know? They teach you that valuable lesson. Uh, that lesson of morality. I think that's really good. Uh and it's a great pick for, you know, a top character, you know, a favorite character of all time. So, Santi, yeah. who's your second favorite character of all time? My number two is Master Chief from the Halo franchise. Ah, uh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you knew that was coming. Yeah. It's just, what can I say? Master Chief, he's the chief. It's he's, the chief. Yeah, it's the chief. <laughs> Just again, Halo was another another game I grew up with. I grew up playing it with my father, and just he doesn't always have a lot of speaking lines, but like when he does, they're like they're very impactful. Like to this day, my favorite line from the Chief is at the end of Halo Two, and like one of the admirals is like, "Master Chief, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Finishing this fight." I love like, that. <laughs> so good, so good. I love it, and just. It's Halo. It's Master Chief. Yeah, it's the Chief. 
Enough said. <laughs> it's, it's the cheap. It's the cheap. Yeah. <laughs> nah, dude. I I don't even have much to say to that. Like it is the cheap. <laughs> it's like come on, and like being a Spartan. Come on, like just the whole the whole concept of the Spartans and like the Master Chief being mm-hmm. the last one and constantly defying the odds. You know, I love it. It's Master yeah. Chief. Uh, I think. Like John one one seven. Yeah, dude. Uh, Master Chief is like pre. He's pre Commander Shepard. Like Chief is the guy where everyone, uh, everyone put themselves in that helmet. You know, they put themselves in that Spartan Mjolnir armor, and they're just like, nah, it ain't just the Chief. It's I'm the Chief, and it's, it's like, like, and it's like Halo is like the only video game franchise where i loved it so much i went out of my way to consume like like the like the non-video game content like mm-hmm. i have the halo novels like i have the fall of reach the mm-hmm. flood stuff like that 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 flushes out master chief's character his backstory and what he does after you know the first the first events of the first halo game mm-hmm. and how he gets back and so i'm just like i love it it's great it's master chief it's the chief it's the chief yeah exactly no, I mean it, it makes sense. Emphasis. Yeah, you got to emphasize the chief. Um, man, the fact that you even brought up the fact that you just like you went beyond just the video game content. You went into you know novels, what are they, comic books, movies, or not movies, but like short films, right? And then there's oh, like Legends, so good, it's yeah. amazing. Watch it's, it exactly. It's um, heck, didn't he even make an ending appearance in Forward Unto Dawn? Yeah, he did. He shows up at towards like they they Fort Unchained is the live action miniseries, and it just follows like these basic re- recruits, and it's like at the very start of like the conflict with the Covenant, and they show up, and it's just like they're like, what's going on? What are these aliens? And they're just getting wrecked, and then the chief just just shows up, and it's like get up, and he's like picking them up out of the way, <laughs> and he's going toe to toe with like hunters and the elites. And like this is good looking live action CGI stuff. Yeah. Like it looks amazing. It it like encapsulated the chief in live action. And it was so cool. Like that the feeling of seeing the chief in live action like that is comparable to when in Endgame when everybody shows up through the through the portals. I agree. That's how I felt. Yeah. I when agree. I saw the chief and all his glory like in the games and like in the books and stuff, like the chief is like over seven feet tall. He is a tower. But then actually, like, being able to see it in perspective in this live action, I was like, yes! <laughs> nice. Oh, man. All right. So moving on to my number two. It was a hard choice. Uh, I had to choose between two characters for this number two slot. And I couldn't put both of them on the list because obviously there's one that I prefer over the other. And I had to decide between two brothers. Uh, two brothers of fate who share a very unique blood that I I just really, really love. And I had to choose Virgil over Dante. Uh, yeah, my my, num- my second favorite character of all time is Virgil, the son of Sparta, uh, twin brother of Dante. And, I mean, the thing for me is, like, and you'll definitely you'll pick up on, like, everyone knows I'm edgy. Like, I'm edgy AF. <laughs> like, I am the edge deity, as I told my students back in the day. Uh, I love myself tortured soul characters. I love characters who desire power. Because part of that is, like, I feel like that's an internal aspect of myself. Is that I also deserve, you know, not deserve, but desire power. Um, and I don't look to them as examples. You know, I don't look to Virgil as an example of a character who... You know, oh, I want to be like him. You know, I want to crave power like him. I want to be strong like him. But I looked at his character and I'm like, your story is so cool. Your weapon is so cool. Like, you're so cool, but you're twisted. And I don't want to be that way. And that's like, I admire him because he's an example of what not to be. And I mean, holy crap, if you've not seen Virgil in action in Devil May Cry, like, come on, what are you doing? Go watch some YouTube videos. Like, you don't even have to play the game. Watch this man. Virgil's insane. The boss fight against him... And, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, Santi, I have to spoil. Um, I I think we showed, yeah, I think we watched it, actually. Uh, So the boss fight against Virgil in Devil May Cry 5, it, and at this point, like, if you haven't, if you don't know, I'm sorry, but it's, the game's been out, like, it was game of the year last year, people should know. Um, 
that boss fight made me feel fear because I was like, sure, I'm powered up as Nero, but this is Virgil. This man could kill me. And he's just doing flippy dippy devil trigger. He's swiping swords at you. Man standing, you know, 10 feet away and he just puts his sword back in his sheath and you're dead. Like this dude, he's crazy. I love it. Uh, and I also love me some sword boys. So I have to put myself a sword, a sword boy on this list. Um, but also just the fact that, and when I say Virgil, I kind of want to count V in this as well, since he is an aspect of Virgil, because he's Virgil's humanity. Seeing that side of Virgil in the form of V was just beautiful. Uh, Sit here and listen to V read poetry all dude, day. Listening to V read William Blake is it's crazy because like to this day some people know like francis you know when we play monster hunter and we're about to capture a monster i start quoting william blake like yeah. I, I start quoting poems from william blake that v said just because that human aspect of virgil who likes literature it he just makes it cool he makes reading cool uh he makes swordplay cool and he just makes being bad look so good uh, and it's weird. He's the only character I think that I'm aware of whose main color palette includes blue, and I actually really like the character, which is insane. I hate the color blue. I love the color red and black, but somehow Virgil, Virgil breaks that mold. Um, the thing I will say is, if you're listening to this and you're still, for whatever reason, unsure about Devil May Cry and whether or not you would like it. My introduction to the Devil May Cry universe was actually the Devil May Cry anime. Yeah, which I I enjoyed a lot. It, it's really good. I think like where it captures the feel and like the vibe of that world very well. Yeah, in fact, because so, like it's, it's it's a character action game, so you know character action game, you know what to expect. Yeah, but in terms of like the story and the overall feel of that world, watch the anime and you'll get a really good idea of what it's about. Yeah, I like for me, it's just. Virgil's appearance mostly shows up for three, five, and depending on which version of four you play, four. Um, he makes an appearance in one, but it's not in the way that people would expect, and he doesn't make an appearance in two. And for anyone who's like, well, I'm curious about getting into Devil May Cry. I don't know which game to play. And if you're, you know, if you're also someone who's like, yeah, because like people played Virgil in Marvel vs. Capcom three. So it's like, you may have played him and you're just like, this character's sick. What game should I play that he's in? Play three. Three's on the Switch now. Like, play three. And experience what that dynamic one, between him and his brother. What were you going to say? One hurts to play. I oh, say one, one hurts to play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then on top of that, like, one kind of makes Virgil seem weak in comparison. Because he's not technically himself. Like, he's... a controlled demon at that point um but devil may cry 3 just makes virgil so cool and 5 just recaptures that cool feeling of virgil and he's cool whether he's with dante or without dante around and that's just that's just how it is uh it goes back to a thing i said virgil makes being bad look so good so. And he's a lot of fun to play as, and it's he's he's in the special edition of Devil May Cry Four. He's just he's just a playable character, Super Virgil. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's so much fun. It's amazing. So that's my number two. Uh, if if I don't get stopped, I'm gonna keep talking about Virgil ad nauseum, and it's gonna end up boring every single person. So we're gonna move on to our honorable mentions. So these are characters who didn't quite make the top three, but they're still quick characters that we care about to a great extent. You know, characters who really resonated with us. Um, and so we're going to go back to Francis. You know, who who's your honorable mention character? I have three just because. Oh, you're breaking the rules, I see. Oh, okay. So, I didn't realize so... we were allowed to break the rules and have three characters. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. I, I break the rules. Francis the Rebel. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, actually, this the first one I'm going to say is Ellie. This is the one... She's the one I had trouble picking as third mm -hmm. between Ellie and Clementine because they're kind of similar when it comes Wait, to... Ellie from the last of us? Oh, yeah. Sorry. 
But yeah, Ellie, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay, and yeah. Then, just cause my hunter and monster hunter. <laughs> <laughs> that I makes sense. Uh, I'm surprised uh, Aloy's in the honorable mention and not your number one. Yeah. Interesting. Now I'm very interested. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like, Ellie makes sense. Uh, your Monster Hunter Akita makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh, just, just, yeah, just, I mean, you could say your Monster Hunter, that's a character that counts. It's like Commander Shepard for me. Like, that's your Monster Hunter. Um, which I'm also surprised that she's not number one either. <laughs> no. So, I don't get that sentimental feeling. That's fair. That's fair. But all right. Breaking the rules, having three honorable mentions. But it makes sense. You know, they it all was, make sense. It was tough. Yeah. And I can see why. All of, all three of those characters are Francis characters. <laughs> so I, I don't blame you. I like how it's me specifically. I mean, yeah. You talk about those games more than anybody. Yeah, so, good point. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I will have to reprimand you for breaking the rules. Uh, you um, and I are going to 1v1 in Dragon Ball Fighters, and I will deliver punishment. That's fair. It shall be swift, but fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Try um, my stages in Smash. I'll do that, too. That'll okay. be uh, reverse punishment. All right. Uh, so then, Santi, who is your honorable mention character? So my honorable mention is Beat from Jet Set Radio Future. Interesting. Now, so Jet Set Ready Future is a game that's stylish. It has one of my favorite soundtracks ever. And looking back at it, I realized that this game is what really liked seeded my love for EDM now in my life. Mm -hmm. And but like for those who know what I'm talking about, Jet Set Radio Future is basically where you they're back when rollerblading was cool. But you play, you can, you can, there's a bunch of different characters. You can, you, can, you can basically, you can play as almost every single character in the game. But Beat is my favorite because of his design. Um, it's, it's a skating game, a rollerblading game, really. But it's like, it's super stylish. It's, you spray graffiti everywhere. There's a story, but the story doesn't really matter that much. And like, even though there's, there's virtually almost no, there's very little character dialogue in this game. So the character strengths are how their personality is communicated from the art, the graffiti art they spray. Like if you leave your character idle, they'll start dancing to the music that's playing. And it's so like everyone has their own distinct style of dancing. And everyone has their own style of fashion. But B is just my favorite. And that game is like all like so much style, a lot, so much freedom to pull off different tricks and you can, you can even customize the graffiti art that you use like it, it's it's great it's one of my favorite games nice and so beats my honorable mention from that got you no i could see it um yeah you talk about jet set a lot more than uh than i would have expected um uh, specifically in like the most recent few months like you talked about it a lot i'm surprised i've never actually seen you play it before because it's it's stuck on the original Xbox. They they uh, remastered Jet Set Radio. Yeah. For but like for the PS PS3 and 360, but I'm not a big fan of the original Jet Set Radio because of the way the gameplay is. Like mm -hmm. when you go to spray graffiti, they make you do like directional inputs. Yeah. Whereas in Jet Set Radio Future, you can be doing tricks, and as you're passing, you're doing tricks to get up to the different graffiti spots. To get that airtime, and then you just hold down the trigger to spray it in one big line, so it's it's fluid, and you keep your momentum. Got you. Or as in Jet Set Radio, you have to stop, do the spray, and then keep going. Got you. So it's the keeping of momentum. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um. So my character, my honorable mention, who just just fell short, like just barely fell short. Of being my number three in place of Commander Shepard is Ezio Aratore de Firenze. Okay. Um, so like I talk a lot about how Mass Effect had a very positive influence on my life. You know, it was a very big influential game for me. But an equally influential game franchise would be Assassin's Creed. Um, not sure, Santi, if you 
actually remember this too much, but I had a crisis when we were growing up where I couldn't, people would ask, they were like, oh, what's your favorite game franchise? And I, it would always change. It would either be Assassin's Creed or Mass Effect or Assassin's Creed or Mass Effect. You were always, you were always flip-flopping. Yeah. It was never constant. You know, one day, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is my favorite game of all time. And then the next day it's Mass Effect 2. And then it's Assassin's Creed Brotherhood again. Like it just, it always kept flip-flopping back and forth. Um, till at one point I realized that Mass Effect was more near and dear to me than Assassin's Creed was. And that's why Commander Shepard had to take that number three over Ezio. But the thing about Ezio, dude, is, it, and I'm talking specifically Ezio, not, not Desmond, not any other ancestors like Altair, things like that. But specifically with Ezio is he's one of those few characters and it's just so magical how this happens. You play as Ezio from birth till death. Yeah. Your literal introduction to the character <laughs> of Ezio is press a button to move the baby's body parts after you were just born. And it's like that that interaction somehow, some way just seeded this emotion of I, I need to protect you. Like I'm going to watch you grow up. And it's my responsibility to just protect you, make you wise, help you grow, make you stronger. You will become a great leader. And just so many crazy things happen to Ezio as a character. And it's just so sad to see what he has to go through. Um, and it's it's just hilarious because the fact that he's also like a womanizer, like most people forget about that, but Ezio is a womanizer. And even in his old man age, this, even in Revelations, this man has game. <laughs> he, was with, he got with the woman like half his age. Yeah, like Ezio in old age still has game. Like that. Oh gosh, like Ezio. Ezio had it down. Like Ezio was such a great character. Like I talked about how Virgil makes being bad look so good. Ezio makes being like just being cool seem unobtainable like he is the cool character like, you want you, you to be think him. it's your auditory and you're like man i wish i was italian yeah right you're like <laughs> Gee. like here's the thing when most people cosplay you know assassin's creed and stuff like that they don't do it because they're big fans of altair they don't do it because they're fans of desmond they don't do it because they're fans of connor they do it because they're fans of Ezio. Ezio is assassin's creed like Ezio brought so many people into this franchise and sustained it for such a good amount of time. And it made Brotherhood even better for me. Because the fact that it's like any game, you know, any Assassin's Creed game could have you calling forth assassins. But it's Ezio who's calling them. He's this mentor. Like, you want him to be your mentor. And it's just like, man, I really wanted him to be my number three. But, you know, Commander Shepard had to take that spot. But he's, he's my honorable mention. Uh, he's not my number two and number one. But whew, that's a man. And of all like the Assassin's Creed games, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood had by far has like the best reveal trailer. You yes, uh, like they're in like in in Rome, and you just see you see you see him walking through the crowd because Brotherhood was the one that that brought in that calling in training training assassins, sending mm -hmm. them on missions, and calling them into help you mechanic. And then you see other assassins coming in through the crowd, getting positions, and you just see Ezio, like, giving orders and stuff. It was it's so good. It's just so cool. Uh, and I know we're not talking about, like, our favorite games from our characters' franchises, but it's just, like, it's Brotherhood is my favorite Assassin's Creed game. It'll always be my favorite Assassin's Creed game. And it's because of that relationship that you feel that you're developing as Ezio with the recruits. It's just so cool. Uh, but not as cool as Ezio. Uh, Ezio Auditore de Firenze. So, that's my honorable mention. But now it's time to get down to the real conversation. The big boys and girls. It's time to talk about our absolute number one favorite character of all time. And we're going to go back to Francis. Who is your most favorite character of all time? Okay, so... I gotta say something really quick. So, Malik, you were gushing over Final Fantasy just recently. Yes, I was. I gotta gush over this one. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I mean, I also talked about it before, but this one's... I'll just say it. From the God of War trilogy, the original one, Kratos. Oh! 
see you, Francis. Oh, alright. So, I mean, you guys know I love the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I haven't played the new one yet, but I will. I know Kratos isn't really a good role model. <laughs> <laughs> Being so bent on revenge, uh, using anger and violence, and not caring for the people he harms or even unintentionally harms. Like this quote regarding mankind, let them suffer, the death of Zeus is all that matters. <laughs> Obviously selfish. But this character is so memorable because of empowerment. Kind of like Dragon Ball. I use Dragon Ball as an example a lot. But when it comes to empowerment, people talk about Dragon Ball. They bring that up as like their empowering source. So, However, I may actually argue that God of War could be even more empowering than Dragon Ball. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see what I'm talking about, just watch the end of God of War 2. Watching that, I haven't gotten so hyped for a game to come out until I saw that ending. <laughs> it gives you the chills, gives you the hunger for revenge on Zeus, and mainly it gives you the feeling of, I can take on the gods and live. And also another quote that, that just did it so well. Quote, The hands of death could not defeat me. The sisters of fate could not hold me. And you will not see the end of this day. End quote. I love that quote so How much. <laughs> How empowering is that? That was his third <laughs> game. And it was great because he really did defy death. And he also defied fate. So when he said that, I was like, you're goddamn freaking right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the empowerment quotes of this game were on point. And actually, even another one at the end of God of War 2. Quote. If all on Olympus will deny me my vengeance, then all on Olympus will die. <laughs> Obviously, kind of evil. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's still so good. It, it really is. Like, the thing about this game, like, do how do people not see the empowerment in this game? Because people tend to only see, like, the violence and the chaos he causes. Because that kind of shows that they could still look deeper in a game where it seems like it's just all you know revenge and chaos and oh, okay hold on another thing despite the revenge aspect of this game kratos also learned valuable life lessons and i think people really overlook that just because of the clear revenge aspect that takes over the game mm -hmm. so at the end of god of war 3 there are two great really good life lessons one where, so the first one, actually, no, they were both there. So, well, the one he encounters, he sees his past family, and then, unfortunately, he sees them get killed again because of his memories. But then he gets a torch that Pandora, quote, unquote, gives him, and he sees his family again. But this time, his wife tells his daughter about the power of forgiveness and that it comes from within. And then after that, he's actually able to hug his family again. And I think that advice is something a lot of people need in real life. Mm -hmm. Even me. <laughs> and then the other life, the second one, this was the one that's kind of mostly highlighted. So it's when Pandora says, quote, hope is what makes us strong. It is why we are here. It is what we fight with when all else is lost, end quote. This is memorable, no doubt, because, like, I remember that when, I remember the scene when Pandora first tells Kratos that. But I admit, when I was younger, I did overlook both of those. Why? Because I was also focused on the surface aspect. The revenge aspect, the empowerment aspect, the hype of finally getting to Zeus. And that kind of shows that... Uh, where I was as a person back then, or like, had my views, I guess. Like, I just wanted to play the good old hack and slash with the feeling of power to beat the gods. But since I replayed it in recent years, I saw obviously the wrongs that Kratos did and why people don't like him. But I think people also need to see the life lessons he learned, because people still obviously, you know, I said it earlier, they only see the surface level of things. But, I mean, yeah, of course I still enjoy the empowerment aspect, but it's just that now that I understand there are deeper things to find value in, uh, I hope people will see that too. Dang. 
<laughs> Dang. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Francis, where have you been hiding all of that? <laughs> In God of War. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. If that's your reaction to I mean, Kratos from the original trilogy, I can't wait to see what you say after you play the new game. That's, that's kind of the thing. I'm kind of afraid to play the new one because I don't. I'm, I'm just not sure. Oh no, I think you'll be just I fine. And like also, it. I feel like that stuff needed to be said because, you know, just like with other people, people misunderstand other people. Yeah. So I think things like this have to be said because Kratos kind of ends up being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like in the serial killer fashion type of thing, like, <laughs> but like, you know, in terms of, you know, humanity and life lessons. Yeah. Like, he was able to see at least. He's just a poor boy. Nobody loves him. Yeah. <laughs> that Literally, happened to the be. Gods, yeah. The gods do not. That happened they to do just not care use for him. Kratos. Yeah, that sucks for him. <laughs> but, but then we get to kill the gods of Olympus. Uh, dang. It was satisfying. Uh, thank you, Francis. Holy crap. I was not expecting. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, man. I like the game. But <laughs> hey. I mean, if it's your favorite character, that's kind of what the expectation is. Like that, it's a character that just has that effect on you. Oh wait, here's another thing. What's up? <laughs> but I'm sorry, but so actually, this kind of spoilers, but I can say it anyway, right? Yeah, why not? Okay, so God of War three, Pandora's flame basically covers Pandora's box. He needs to get Pandora to oh, be sacrificed gosh. to the flame. Are you going to talk about the, what he discovers with Pandora's box? No, 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 no. Not okay, that. okay, okay, okay. Um, the, actually, the scene just before that. Okay. So right when he's about to sacrifice Pandora to the flame, and here's the thing, Pandora was completely all for it. She, she knew she had to be sacrificed to do for that, to open the box. But Kratos started to hesitate. He didn't want to sacrifice her. Like... He ended up doing a Last of Us type of thing. Like mm-hmm. he started a care for Pandora, which is also kind of messed up. <laughs> he actually killed Hephaestus, who who pretty much created Pandora, yeah. and then saw Pandora as his own child. But you know, <laughs> Kratos being Kratos. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, no, Kratos. I think is up there in the echelon of video game great characters like that's why playstation marketing or just video game advertisements in general you know when they talk about you know great experiences great games great characters kratos is up there from the first game to this most recent game like kratos is a part of that upper echelon of greatest characters of all time so yeah nice thank you francis yeah no problem so santiago you uh you said something to me before the stream that threw me for a loop. Uh you said that you weren't gonna have any JRPG characters on this list. And that threw me for a real loop. So I have to ask you, who in the world is your number one character of all time? One character of all time is Morden Solace. No way! <laughs> no way! Wait, 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 what? Morden Solis from Mass Effect. Yes. Uh, Dude, you're not... Oh my god, you're gonna get me to cry on the podcast? Like, this is, this is the only video game character whose, whose story whose, and whose just his whole character arc and just what he does his sacrifice it moved me to tears when i played mass effect 3 and it's like cr- no go like, for it here's a man so you first meet morden solace in mass effect 2 when you're still in the recruitment phase and you're 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 trying to recruit this but like you meet him and he's a salarian who is just so broken up over the hand he had in the genophage which is a sterility virus that the that the Turians and the Slarians unleashed on the Krogan to the point where only one and one thousand Krogan bursts remain alive. The rest of them are stillborn. 
and Morden is completely torn apart by this. To the point where he completely just like goes like deserts his, his the Solarian military. He basically just completely removes himself from his Solarian life to move to the homeworld of the Krogan to Chanka to try and make this right, to try and to cure for the genophage. And just how he how he progresses and how Commander Shepard has an impact on him. And just it and just just I've never seen remorse like that. And how hard he tried to atone for what he did. His his whole story is just incredibly moving to me. And like when he made his sacrifice in three, it, it brought me to tears. Dang. Yeah. No, I had to I just let him a moment there for a second. Uh I'm one hundred percent one hundred percent with you on that. Uh like the thing that's crazy, I'll never forget this ever was the experience I had with Morden during his sacrifice. Because the thing about Mass Effect is Mass Effect prompts you a lot of times during crucial story moments, you know, to do Paragon and do Renegade. You know, make a decision. What do you want to do? Uh, or you could choose to do nothing and just let something happen. And I never will forget being in that moment where he's going to go make the sacrifice and I just kept screaming to myself, where is the button prompt? Give me the button prompt. Why isn't this game telling me to do something? Why isn't this game letting me do anything? And you just get to the point where, and it, the thing is, there's a song that that he sings, that Morden sings, and I believe it showed up in 2 as well. Like he just sings it casually in 2. And there's a reason for it. It's like a scientific song that he sings to himself. And the last lines that come out of his mouth is the song. He sings that song before he dies. And you're just like, he died with such a cheerful tone because he knew he was doing the right thing. And it just hurts so much. Um, and it's just crazy. And it, and it affected, it affected a lot of us who talked about Mass Effect 2 and 3 when we were growing up. To the point where, like, I went back. There is a way. There is a way to not let him die. And when you do that, it doesn't feel right. It it sucks. Like, you're in the situation where it's like, I, I didn't do right by him or by the Krogan. And you're put in the situation where it's just like, in order to do the right thing, I have to let him go. And it's just, it sucks, man. It sucks, it hurts so good, but it sucks. So, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for November when we play through Mass Effect. Um, especially for me, because like it hit, especially it hit me so hard because the Krogan are my favorite race, hands down. And you know that's the other thing about it. Uh, we cry over characters in fiction a lot. Like people cry over characters in fiction all the time. Um, a lot of people, it's animals. For majority of people, it's human beings. But Morden Solis was an alien, non-human, and somehow I cried for him just as much as I would have for my own family. Like Morden became family. That's the thing. The crew of the Normandy became family, and it so it didn't matter. He, you know, that death broke the barrier of, you know, having an emotional reaction to something that's non-human and i think that's what made it special you know being able to shed a tear not only for a fictional character but for a fictional character who's not even of your own race and i think that's really cool a lot of slayers in me are just complete jerks yes oh man just like we're, we're all smarter than you and everybody knows it yeah and yet he managed to break the mold uh, rest in peace. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, it's time for me to talk about my favorite character of all time. And there is no, absolutely no way that this surprises 
anyone. And if it surprises you, you obviously don't know me. You don't talk to me enough. You don't watch me play games. You don't. You just don't know what it means to be a friend of Malik. It's Aerith. Shut up. No, it's not. <laughs> um, so I will quote the character. There are two quotes that stand out to me. One is a contradiction, and the other one is just an example of the insanity of this character. The quote goes as this. The last thoughts of the Geostigma's dead. Those remnants will join the live stream and girdle the planet. Choking it. Corroding it. What I want, Cloud, is to sail the darkness of the cosmos uh. with this planet as my vessel, just as my mother did long ago. Then, one day, we'll find a new planet, and on its soil will create a shining future. This is the line from Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete. This man... This man, <laughs> one-winged angel. The one-winged angel is insanity. He is cool. He's everything about the previous characters I listed, except for the fact that I he I do not put myself on this guy at all. Like he does not have any aspect of Commander Shepard. Uh, he's got the cool factor of Ezio. And he's got the bad guy being cool factor of Virgil. And he's got a sword. He has the biggest sword of all big swords for a human that size. Uh, Masamune is insane. <laughs> uh, not only that, but of all the characters on this list, his theme stands out beyond all themes. It reigns and echoes through all games. People who probably have never played Final Fantasy VII before in their life or have ever partaken of Final Fantasy content know of the One-Winged Angel theme. It is iconic, and it's just as iconic as the person it belongs to. Sephiroth is crazy, and it's funny because he's a mama's boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you actually think about it, Sephiroth is a mama's boy. And the story of how Sephiroth got to where he is is insane. Like... When you play Crisis Core and you just see Sephiroth's progression and you see how he changes when he finds out the truth of his birth, what made him who he is, what he actually will become, like, it's crazy. And it's part of you is just like, yeah, I kind of I kind of vibe with this. Yeah, you know what? Screw the planet. Yeah, screw these guys. But it's just, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and, I, like, I just finished playing... Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm not going to spoil anything about FF7 Remake. Uh, I know Santi still wants to play it, and we're trying to make sure that he doesn't get anything spoiled about it. But I mean, everyone knows Sephiroth is in the game. But I'll say this. Sephiroth in that game, oh. Oh, and it, it epitomizes. It, it, it and oh gosh, it brings up to an even higher level the reasons why this is my favorite character. And on top of that, one of my favorite villains... Potentially my favorite villain. Actually, I don't even think that's a potential. He is my favorite villain in all of video game. He, it's it's insanity. Like I'll pick up Crisis Core. I'll, I'll not even pick up uh, Crisis Core. I'll pick up Dissidia, right? Like I'll pick up Dissidia Final Fantasy. And most people will think, oh, he's gonna pick Cloud and he's gonna choose the Cloudy Wolf costume. Yeah, you're right. But first, I'm gonna play a Sephiroth, <laughs> and I'm gonna play the heck out of Sephiroth. And in fact, I've been saying it for a while now. But, like, Nintendo and Masahiro Sakurai missed out on a great opportunity for the next Smash character to be in the game to be Sephiroth and to add some more music to that game. Because I'm just like, I, I'd rather play him than anybody character in any game he ever shows up in. He is insanity incarnate. And he does it so well. And the thing that's funny about him, from his design to the music, to how he fights, to how he talks. Like, dude, if you watch Sephiroth fighting, he makes it look like he's not even breaking a sweat. The dude only swings his sword with one hand. Very rarely do you see Sephiroth hold Masamune with two hands. And the thing is, when he does, you know he's serious. Like, for anyone who's watched Bleach... When Masamune is held with two hands, it's like Kempachi Zaraki getting serious. 
you're dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> your life is extinct. Uh, and it's just, it is insane. And I just love him so much. And it's funny because watching Final Fantasy VII Advent Children complete, or even the original version of the movie, he says a line that to this day rings in my head. And it's so contradictory because after his fight with Cloud in the movie, Cloud says to him, go back where you belong in my memories. And Sephiroth's rebuttal to that is, I will never be a memory. And it's like, holy crap. Because some people, they're like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, uh, are they going to just like forget Sephiroth? Nah, this dude is saying even in death, I influence this world. I am your world. I manipulate you. I direct you. You think that the people who designed this game are the narrators? No. I write the story. And I take control of the wheel. Sephiroth will never be a memory because he's never truly dead. This man stays alive. And it's just, he's insane. Uh, he, he's just great. <laughs> he's just great. I, I don't know how much more I can go on like talking about how great he is like i wish i could make another monster hunter character and just make the oh. character be sephiroth and use the long sword like i'm, I'm just oh god why don't you do it i don't want to spend the time <laughs> i don't want to spend that time it's a lot of grinding it is a lot of grinding sephiroth is right there like because let me right put it like there, this man. uh i think it was soul caliber five not six but five I, I have yet to make him in six but in soul caliber five i made cloud and i made sephiroth and to this day even though like soul caliber five sephiroth never looked anything like him it still felt so good to play because you have to play with the soul of another character so i use the soul of siegfried and just being able to capture the feeling of swinging that blade with such power oh man Oh, man. If I ever find out that they make another game where Sephiroth is playable, take all my money. Take all my money. I'll buy all the DLC. I'll get all the costumes. I don't care. Uh, If Smash somehow manages to get Sephiroth in that game, I will denounce Smash being a fight. I will never say that Smash is not a fighting game ever again. If they, <laughs> this is this oh, is my wow. condition. You heard that? You'll get Malik to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> that that is that is my condition. You put this man in Smash. Smash is a fighting game. <laughs> Smash is a fighting. Yeah, it goes game. on my stages. Yeah, exactly. And we'll play on Francis's <laughs> stage. Uh, Some more Final Fantasy music. Like I, I, I remembered how much I loved the battle theme, "Blinded by the Light" from Final Fantasy Thirteen. Mm-hmm. So good. But, so much good music in the Final Fantasy series. But here's the thing. I don't even need more than one song. If they put one winged angel in Smash, that's it. That's over. It's done. That's all that's all you need. That's all you need. The game man, if people never bought the game before, they'll buy it now. <laughs> just to hear the game music. Uh it's just insane. You know, name me a character whose theme is more iconic. And I mean, their personal theme is more iconic than One Winged Angel and Sephiroth. It's the perfect duo. It is. It is just majesty. Uh, and oh boy, when you pierce into those reptilian eyes of his, you ain't scared. You're overcome with this just desire to be on his side. You want to be with Sephiroth. You want to work with Sephiroth because that man, ooh. As a man, <laughs> when they they revealed him for his character design for the for remake, I just remember seeing it and just just being like, "Oh no, he's hot!" <laughs> yeah. You just sit back and I and I did this during the live stream too. Like Francis spared witness to me, where we saw Sephiroth during one of the encounters, and I just I was taken aback. I was like, "Yo, this game just got super serious," but also, he's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just he's got it all uh and he's a mama's boy oh come on now every lady's gonna love him he's a mama's boy so yeah uh i had to gush i had to gush over uh sephiroth that dude man and his his quotes like you think v's got iconic uh iconic quotes when he's quoting william blake like everything sephiroth says you just sit there and you're like 
Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of screwed, aren't I? Because, like, when he's fighting Cloud, uh, it when he's fighting Cloud, right, there's a brief interaction where he, like, he's fighting him, and he's like, tell me what you cherish most. Give me the pleasure of taking it away. Like, <laughs> this man, this man commands your respect. He he demands that you give him all of the respect. And if you interfere with him, he'll make sure you suffer. He will show you despair. And it's just, oh, God. I think I'm going to have a heart attack talking about how much I love this character. <laughs> oh, man. Those were all three of those. Those were all three fantastic characters. Uh, all three in their right. But I hate to say it. I think my character is better out of all three of them. Okay. Sure. Whatever you say. Kratos versus Sephiroth right now. Sephiroth can use Supernova. <laughs> kill him. <laughs> I have killed Zeus. Okay. Yeah. And I have yet to see Kratos destroy a meteor. Give him the chance. <laughs> character sterile. Joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I should make Kratos in Smash. I I think I think I've seen Kratos in Smash. I don't see why not. I should make Sephiroth in Smash. Why isn't Sephiroth a costume in Smash? What is going on? Like, dude. And I'm I have to go back and double check, but I'm pretty sure that Smash doesn't have costumes for Final Fantasy characters, and it's a sin because you could have me Sword Fighter be Sephiroth, me Gunner can be Barrett, and oh, me yeah. Brawler could be Tifa. What is Smash doing? Put these characters, put these costumes in the game. Make me call Smash a fighting game. Like, come on. Yeah, Vivi, that'd be a good costume. Eh. Eh. <laughs> I don't know about that. I do. Yeah. Imagine Sephiroth's final smash. Uh, Sephiroth's oh, final what? smash would be Supernova. Which, Francis, I'll have to send you a video. Uh, I'll have to send you a video of what Supernova looks like. From the original game. Not from any other game. I'm going to show you what the original Supernova looks like. Being hit with that ability? Oh my god. <laughs> I think I need to be stopped. <laughs> I think I need to be stopped. Black Materia and Assist Trophy. That would be so cool. That were, or as a spirit. Uh, heck, if we can get the Lotus as a spirit in and uh in Smash, then we can get more Final Fantasy stuff. Come on, Square Enix, stop being a bunch of greedy pigs. You could do this. I already I like rated the game. Being greedy pigs, if like, oh god, just just put them in Smash. Come on, just yeah, just do it. Let us enjoy stuff. Exactly. Come on now. You put it in Smash, more people will probably buy Remake. Just so that way they can see the actual characters in action. But that's all I'm going to say. Because if I keep talking about Sephiroth and Final Fantasy, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to have an aneurysm. And I'm not going to be able to play games ever again. <laughs> oh, man. Alright, well... A sploosh, and suddenly this is a different kind of podcast. Yeah, uh, uh, we're definitely going to have to change how this... Uh, how this channel operates if that ever happened oh man so does anyone have uh anything else to add i'll take your silence as no <laughs> uh, yeah yeah what you said oh i was saying uh does anyone have anything else to add uh -huh. um no i don't yeah. yeah i think i'm good i think we're i think we're all good I think we let out a lot of steam talking about uh, characters we really love. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, John, if you're listening to this in the future, uh, you should comment in the uh, on the YouTube video who your favorite character is, or like just comment your list, like who's your who's your four, your honorable mention, and your top three, so that way everyone can see. Because I think like I think it's fair that people will be able to see. Who we all kind of like because i think the characters we really love says a lot about us as a person and us as a gamer um so yeah do it 
He cowered. I got, I got a lot of anger. <laughs> <laughs> and I love to watch the world burn. One thing. Uh, if you can't play Jet Set Radio Future, because it's not exactly an easy game to get your hands on, uh, look up the soundtrack. And then you'll understand my music taste. I mean, you could do that. Or you could listen to Distant Worlds, the Final Fantasy compilation of music, uh, and actually enjoy yourself better. I'll let mom sleep. If you listen, then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I don't want to start a war. That's the last thing I need on my hands. All right. Cool. Well, that there you go. Uh, that is Those are our favorite characters, uh, favorite video game characters of all time. Uh there's a lot of great stuff there. Uh, make sure to let us know down below, or if you're listening on Spotify, I don't know how to help you. But if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure to let us know, like, who are your favorite video game characters? Like, I'm honestly curious. You know, there isn't really a wrong answer. Like, heck, you could say Dan Hibiki is your favorite video game character of all time, and that'd probably be the one right answer. Like, <laughs> if we're going to be honest, that's probably the one right answer. Uh, as long as you don't say Yamcha. Krillin. So, that works. That's fair. There you go. But everyone knows that Freeze is best. <laughs> Alright. Stop. No, we're not turning this into a Dragon Ball podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Alright, well, with that being said... Dodoria. Uh, Francis! <laughs> no! <laughs> do you or do you I not want to play... Thick. Meaty. I hate. I hate this. I hate post podcast discussions. It always gets so bad. Oh my gosh! All right, let's uh, let's close this out. Let's go hunt some monsters. Uh, so yeah, this has been the Gauntlet of Gaming. Uh, my name is Malik. Francis. My name is Santiago. And these hands have been rated E. For everyone. It's now, baby. Why do you always think oh that it's God. Marvel time? <laughs>